How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. We originally air as a radio show on Radio Free Brooklyn, so if you like the show, you can listen to episodes the day they come out every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're about to hear the episode where I interview Jerry Falwell, played by comedian Michael Lutton, and Ludwig von Beethoven, played by comedian Branson Reese. Before we get to all that, I just want to remind everybody that my first book is coming out very soon. It's called The Killian Conway Technique. It's me making fun of Trump advisor and talking head Kellyanne Conway for like 150 pages. It's super funny. I'm really proud of it. And it is available for pre-order right now. It officially comes out on August 22nd. But if you want an advanced copy, you can come to the book launch show this Monday, August 7th at the Magnet Theater at 7.30 p.m. That's the book launch show for my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique, this Monday, August 7th at the Magnet Theater at 7.30 p.m. It costs $10, and for that, you get the show, which is awesome. It's got Seton Smith and Lisa Traeger, two awesome stand-ups hosted by Matt Nadostep. He's hysterical. And also, you get a free copy of the book and free beer. It's just, you you can't lose with this show. It is, again, August 7th, this Monday, at 7.30 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. You can find out more information or uh, make reservations on the Magnet's website. Look for the show that's called The Kellyanne Conway Technique Book Long Show. Or go to my website, jarrettbranson.com, and look in the calendar section. That is where all of my upcoming gigs and shows will be listed. I hope that you will check out and read and love and laugh while reading The Kellyanne Conway Technique, written by me, Jared Berenstein. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Beethoven and Jerry Falwell only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. People you know. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. The story stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are German composer and pianist behind some of the most famous classical music ever written, Ludwig von Beethoven, and American pastor, conservative activist, and televangelist Jerry Falwell. Mr. Falwell, Mr. Beethoven, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. My pleasure. So, you know, I'd like to start with you, Beethoven, if I might. So even the most... Even the least cultured person in the world can probably hum one of your songs. You know, yeah. If nothing else, basically everybody knows your Fifth Symphony. I'm, I'm wondering if your music was similarly recognizable, like at the hop- height of your popularity. Like, would people sing your songs at you? Would they request your songs at parties? Like that sort of thing? Oh, uh, yeah. If, everywhere I went, I, uh, uh, the people would, they clamored for my songs. Yeah, they, they would, uh, you know, the way that... Um, uh, you know, like, uh, I'm imagining, like, movie stars that have, like, iconic catchphrases. Like, would people come up to you and be like, you know, oh, hey, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, everywhere. Sort of it was, uh, everywhere. It was, oh, the blah, 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 blah guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm so much, I'm more than that. I'm yeah. also the da-da-da-da-da uh, guy, you know. <laughs> I've got I, I've got a lot of ditties. Yeah, well, no, you, you, you know, you're a very prolific uh, composer. Yeah. And I'm imagining that the same way that, like, you know, certain... 
uh, famous rock stars today have like B sides that they're really proud of that nobody knows about? Like, were there certain symphonies or songs of yours that you felt were underappreciated in your lifetime? Yeah, Symphony 19 was uh, Symphony 19. Yeah, my 19th uh, 19th symphony. Symphony. That's a lot of symphonies. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah I, I went for it. I went. <laughs> I went hard, my dude. I uh, mm-hmm. I made a lot of symphonies and. Uh, I, I just, I, the 19th one was good. It was like, it was a lot of like dead air. I was very, it's like a. Ooh, it's, yeah, a, it's kind of conceptual, right? Like a John Cale thing, like before his mm, time. Yeah. yeah, of course. Uh, but, you know, people didn't, at the time, they were like, oh, he forgot to make music. <laughs> they thought it, they, they saw it oh, as a mistake yeah. and they looked the other way. Well, mm-hmm. how, how's it go? How, how? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can hum it for you any, right now. Any, well, I mean, we don't, we obviously don't want to have dead air where nothing is you know? sure so would, cannot, you, yeah. would you do any is there any part of symphony 19 that has music in it or is it all just completely yes dense? at one point uh a, a, a bassoonist uh clears his throat <laughs> so i can i can uh, i, I can yeah. recreate that for you okay uh, <clears throat> so okay. Th- there you go yeah, that's basically yeah. it that's right right in the middle and how long was that's this genius. 19th uh, symphony uh 42 minutes 42 minutes of just silence and then a mm. bassoon player clearing his throat yeah Wow, that is really, I mean, now, it seems very ahead of its time. If you, you uh, know, for uh, that. do people do, do they still get paid? Like, if, if I was in that, uh, like a, playing the cello in that particular symphony, would I get paid for showing up? Yeah, you get, you, you're paid for your time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not in charge. Uh, I'm not the money guy. I'm the ideas guy. Yeah, I'm just saying that's a gig. That's a hell of a gig. Yo, yeah, mm. my, it's like a, like the Disney. So there was like the, the Walt Disney and then the yeah. Ron Disney. Mm-hmm. I, I had like a Ron Beethoven. Oh wait, so you're saying that you had you wait, had who, a brother, Ron Disney? You had a brother. So you're saying Ron Disney was the guy that like handled the money. Yeah, for he's like the money guy. Walt Disney. Oh. Yeah. Um. And so and so you're saying your brother, who's who's uh, it was his name also Ron or was uh, it Rodvig? Hey, Rodvig. Rodvig von Rodvig Beethoven. Von yeah. Beethoven. He was mm. the guy that handled the finances for you. Yeah, I uh, I was deaf and he was uh, mute. Oh, so you had a you had a mute brother? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, we'll actually have a I'll have a question about that later. Um, but for for the moment, I'd like to move over to uh, Mr. Falwell. Mm, yeah. Uh, so you weren't just a Southern Baptist preacher and Correct. conservative activist. You were basically the Southern Baptist preacher from the 1960s until your death. You were the voice of the religious right in America. And I'm wondering, you know, as a student and protector of mm-hmm. the Bible, you know, this is something mm-hmm. that you are supposedly an expert in oh, but, yeah. but you also in your lifetime accumulate all this this power uh-huh. and this wealth uh-huh. and this and this influence yeah. is wouldn't you say that that's antithetical to some of the lessons in the bible like just to have that kind of uh pride and hubris you know it wouldn't you say that those are things that you shouldn't no, no. pride pride's a sin yes yep. definitely uh but have you read now all the books of the bible Jared? i mean i'm pretty familiar mm-hmm. with it i was i was an altar boy growing up and mm-hmm. we did oh. say i studied the bible a little bit in high school and college i'm sorry an altar boy so uh we're talking full-on papistry is what you're saying uh p- papistry i'm oh, sorry yeah. I'm, I'm confused I, i'm talking about the whore of babylon <laughs> the roman catholic church is that I mean, so you're saying that my my specific sect of Christianity uh-huh. that has altar boys decadent and evil. <laughs> yeah, uh. I just want okay, to weigh in. I, I also hate the Catholics. You hate the Catholics also. Hate, I'm a Lutheran. Yeah. Oh, interesting. You said I'm. You said I'm, I'm German, right? Yes. You. So I'm. I'm Lutheran. Yeah. 
Yeah, this guy, see, Beethoven gets it. Beethoven gets I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. So sorry. No, I mean, that's, that's totally fine. But I'm just saying that I have some experience uh-huh. with it. So, okay. you know, I'm, okay. not, I'm not just an adult sitting so over well, here. So, well, devil may quote scripture and so may <laughs> papists. Yeah, that's fine. I get it. I okay, get well, it. I mean, how do you answer to that, though? Mm-hmm. Like, there is a hypocrisy there, too. Uh, not exactly. Now, when, when, when Paul uh, wrote to the Ephesians, you know what he said? Now, he said... Do not scorn earthly power, lest it be done <laughs> in the name of the law. Do not scorn mm-hmm. uh-huh. earthly power, lest scor- it be done in the name of the law. And so you're saying that because mm-hmm. you you were using all this power and accumulating all this wealth uh, for the sake of uh, projecting mm-hmm. God's image on the world, then it was okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean that's, that's nail on head, little an, Catholic boy. It's an interesting perspective, but she, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit of an outsider. Like, I don't really practice religion mm-hmm. anymore. But mm-hmm. my entire philosophy of the religion is just to go back to what Jesus was preaching, yeah. which is humility yeah. and charity yeah. and forgiveness. Yeah. You know, those sorts yeah. of things. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And he all, yeah, and also uh, no gaze. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Jesus didn't really say that. He, he strongly implied it. Uh, I don't. I mean, that's. Uh, <laughs> Strongly implied it. How would would you say Jesus implied that there shouldn't be gays? Mm -hmm. Well, he said, blessed are the meek. All right. um, You ever meet a meek homosexual? um, They are loud people. (laughs) They are loud, annoying group of people. Extremely unfair. Mm -hmm. And really, God, just hearing you say that, Mm -hmm. you've got this real laundry list of things in your in your Wikipedia that I cannot wait to ask you about, and that is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to go back to, uh, to yeah. Beethoven here. Uh, earlier you said nail on the head. Uh, yeah. What about nail on the door, right? I am Lutheran. Yeah, good one. Oh, see? 99 CC. I, I love this guy. He was, gets it. I thought you were going to say uh, nail, nail in the hand because of uh, what happened to Jesus. Oh, stigmata, that yeah, too, yeah. Stigmata. yeah. No, that, that is papistry. No, no, that don't happen. God, oh, we just, don't believe that yeah, he was no. crucified? That, that no, he was crucified. Oh, whoa. But nobody gets to bleed because of it. Mm-hmm. Only he did. Gotcha. The, the hairs that you split, Jerry Fowell, I mm. swear to God. Anyways, uh, so going back to you, uh, Mr. Beethoven, so you, you come from a long line of musicians and composers, and it seems from your Wikipedia that you were really forced to study music from a, from a young age. Like, oh, in yeah. In a really unkind way. Like, I read that you were dragged out of bed at night sometimes to work at the keyboard, and you would cry because of this? Yeah, Is kicking that... and screaming. I had yeah. the most wonderful dreams where uh, an mm-hmm. angel would come to me and say... Uh, tonight is the night you die. I take you to heaven. Wait, so you would have these dreams that an angel would come and tell you that you were dead? Well, dying on my way. So you were dying. They would usher me mm. off to the light. Okay. And uh, my mother would splash cold water on my face right before I, I felt the warm touch of God. Okay. And uh, drag me out of bed. And I would say, no, I want to die. <laughs> She said, no, like, that's no, for you. But I just, I'm curious. Did you? So you're saying that you wanted to die. Was that because you hated studying music so much? Or did you? Or were you just a depressed kid before the music thing ever came into your life? I was, I was a normal, like, well-adjusted kid. I just mm-hmm. wanted to be dead. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait yeah. so I'm, we I'm, all yearn for the sweet embrace of Christ. I just like a, a exactly like a dream angel <laughs> would come to me and say, mm-hmm. oh, it's it's heaven for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd okay. say, that sounds pretty good. Okay. So you just you were just a normal kid who was fine with living. But you just thought that being dead would be better. I could take it or leave it. <laughs> being alive or being dead, it's all all, all the same to me. It's probably a really mm. precocious little little young man. Um, but so I wanted to know, like, you know, you're, you're being dragged 
out of bed, kicking and screaming to go to go study music. Was there any joy in music for you at all, or was it just this thing that was like that was just drilled into your brain from a young age? No, it was uh, it it was uh, torture for me. <laughs> I hated uh, every moment of it. Oh my was, god! Uh, bad for me. That is that is really. I mean, mm. it's it's it makes me sad to think that some of our most beautiful music came from such from such pain. Oh, thank you. But it also seems like, you know, that's sort of like the uh, 18th century version of what we have today with like stage moms. You know, where yeah. they're like, like you have mm. to go do performance, you have to go do this thing, and so they were just like forcing you to be this composer musician right yeah it's uh it's similar to like a a, a mozart situation mm-hmm. if uh he's either younger older or the same age as me but we had a <laughs> we had a pretty similar thing going on with he our was parents. a uh he was a little bit older than you a little yeah a little bit later I, I i went to the same things that he did mm-hmm. uh yeah, it was t- and a lot of the music I make I made as uh, as revenge. You made as revenge. Yeah, I was it to your to your family revenge. No, just to it was too late. They many of them had passed, so yes. I said I will just pay this hate forward to <laughs> all the children who I know will have to study these songs day oh, in and day out. So this is like you, uh, uh, you know, torturing mm. people in the future to get revenge on the people that tortured you in the past. Yes, and it brought me no relief, brought me no joy. <laughs> I am a a, a little a well, petty little man. You know what they say when you. Uh, uh, when you're plotting revenge, dig two graves, mm-hmm. you know, because it never. Oh, because out. you're going to get two gonna, guys. No, because you're going to die also. Oh, I thought you might like, just get someone else. No, they're just saying that you shouldn't do revenge because it's not a it's not a very positive yeah. thing. Vengeance it's like is a, mine, like saith the Lord. How the the Buddha said, like you cannot hold the uh, the stone of revenge. It's like a scalding stone, and you. If you hold it in your hand, you burn your hand. Mm-hmm. And to mm-hmm. that, I say, uh, so be it. I will burn my hand <laughs> to hurt another. Wow, well, yeah, very. Spiteful. Well, I, I wanted to ask though, like, do you did before you like were forced into music? Was there ever like a glimmer of what else you might want to have done? You know? Yeah. Was, yeah what, what else? What? I wanted to become very tall. You just wanted to be a tall mm. person. Yeah, I wanted. I thought if I concentrate hard enough, I will. Uh, <laughs> I will get a, I'll stretch my bones out and become a, a, a tall man. Well, you know, being a being a composer and a musician doesn't, you know, it, they, they aren't mutually exclusive. You know, being tall, you know, uh, things like that. were different back in my day. It was uh, back in 18th century Germany. Yeah, it was one or the other. You were either a tall man or a musically gifted man. It was uh, really tough. really interesting. Uh, I'd like to go over to you, uh, Mr. Follow, for just sure. a moment. So the Wikipedia is a little bit sparse on your early life, but it did yeah. say. That your father was a bootlegger and an agnostic. He was. And so I'm wondering, you know, where your call to religion came from. Because, you know, was it when you were a child? Did it happen in college? Like, because it clearly wasn't, you know, because your your family was religious, right? Mm, no, they were not. Uh, uh, Daddy was a sinner. Mm-hmm. Mama was a sinner. Granddaddy was a sinner. Grandmammy was a sinner. Okay. Came from a long line of just sin, sin, sin. So, uh... But uh, I was saved, praise be to God. Uh, It happened uh, when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, A traveling preacher came to town, set up a tent outside of town. Uh, And, you know, people would just kind of show up and uh, come be saved. And we didn't have too much to do uh, in Virginia at that time. Okay. There wasn't much to do. Uh, And that particular weekend, I was out of gas, so I... But this tent was in walking distance of my... 
my house. So you, for mm-hmm. in, in lieu of having anything else to do mm-hmm. because your car was out of gas, yep. you, Jerry Falwell, as a child, decide, oh, the fun thing to do would just go be going on to this, uh, this traveling preacher's You tent. have to understand, it was the, the, the 1940s uh, mm-hmm. in Virginia. Yes. There wasn't a whole lot to do. Okay, yeah, I, I completely understand that. And uh, I had no car, but I knew there was a tent, and people seemed to be going into that tent. Okay. And I said, well, Jerry Falwell's going to go into that tent. <laughs> And I did. I did. I walked over, went into that tent, and this uh, preacher, he raised his hand to God and started speaking in tongues. And he took two mm. snakes in his hands. Oh, wow. And he started, hmm? Oh, just the oh, wow. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was pretty, it was you know, the say, most exciting you thing. You say whatever you like about Jerry Falwell, you are an engaging storyteller. Like, we are both... Grit, oh, and I oh, think God. that is the reaction. That... So far, your origin story is like is this first chapter from Blood Meridian. <laughs> well, I, I have no idea what you mean, but I, I I'm going to take it. As it's a just compliment. like it's exactly the same. If you're, uh, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are conservative pastor and televangelist Jerry Falwell and 18th century German composer Ludwig von Beethoven, who was just telling Jerry Falwell that his origin story is exactly like Blood Meridian. Is no, that what the is hell that is Blood Meridian? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Comic McCarthy. Comic, he wrote Comic the, McCarthy book called he wrote Blood the Road. That, that, yeah, yeah, the Road Guy. Yeah, I know yeah. that guy. No Country for Old Men. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I heard of him. I, I've never read Blood Meridian. Mm-hmm. Is there, uh, was there a snake handler in it? Uh... Uh, not quite, but uh, they go into a tent. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, that's how American well, evangelism what, works. Well, what you go happens? Into a tent. You go into a tent, this guy got the two snakes, uh-huh. all right? And, and starts speaking in tongues. Okay. Uh, and it was just the coolest damn thing I had ever seen in my life. Uh, and I said, well, if that's what Christianity is. Then sign then, you up. Yeah, then Jerry Falwell's in. Okay. I was I was in from that moment on. Now, did you have any any? Did your family have any reaction to this? Like, you come home and you're like, "Dad, I just saw the most incredible thing. Mm-hmm. I want to be a preacher too. I want to give myself to God." And your dad, an agnostic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. probably had some negative things to say about that. Is that right? Uh, he was skeptical. Okay. Uh, but then when I told him about the snakes, snakes, he was like, "Wait, you're serious?" <laughs> uh, and I said, "Oh yeah." And then we all went to the tent the next day. Mm-hmm. Everybody saw the snakes, and it was just like, again, they all agreed. It's the coolest fucking thing anybody's ever seen. Just a, a uh, preacher holding snakes. Mm-hmm. And well, speaking in tongues. Speaking yeah. in tongues. It was amazing. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. And so that that just one tiny moment in your life created the avalanche that was your religious uh, uh, proclivities mm-hmm. for the rest mm-hmm. of your life? It's true. Eventually, we had to uh, stop using snakes. Uh, mm. Just uh, as we entered more mainstream, yeah. Well, as, as as you were a Southern Baptist, like I can't imagine that you know um, being a snake handler mm-hmm. was something that would translate to the larger audience. Unfortunately, not. No, it was incredibly fun, and mm-hmm. it looked so cool. <laughs> I mean, my you guys, it looked so cool. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh, but uh, not everybody thinks so. People yeah. are scared of snakes. And so when I realized I had a choice between, like, you know, every Sunday getting to hold some fucking snakes real cool, uh, or having a bigger choice, I uh, had to go with the bigger, bigger choice. church thing. I can also imagine, like, uh, a lot of people wouldn't think that just holding snakes was, like, I don't know, a, uh, you know, indicative of having mm. religious fervor. Like, mm. I, I would look at a preacher or, I mean, you feel free to back me up on this if you like, Beethoven. Uh. If I saw two, a person holding two snakes talking about God, I wouldn't say, like, oh, my God, look at how holy that man is mm. or, or look at how, you know, uh, communicative with God he is. I would just like, oh, that's, a, that's an insane person. Right? I, I would think the man was in danger. Yeah, of the snakes. You would think probably. he's in danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if he's a holy man, he don't get bit. 
So he doesn't get bit by no. the snakes. No. Wait, did he? He never got bit by the snakes. I, occasionally, <laughs> yeah, sure. Everybody gets bit occasionally, depending on how much sin you done did. Okay, that's a that's all right. That's a good point. I uh, mean, that sounds cool. I get it. So that's like a tough sell to the normies. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, so going back to you, uh, Mr. Beethoven. So uh, in addition to composing, you played violin, viola, piano, mandolin. Am I forgetting anything in your repertoire? Uh, a harpsichord. Like harpsichord also. Uh, guitar. Mm-hmm. Guitar. Uh, oh, wow. Bass guitar. Okay. Uh, drums. You were a drummer also. Yeah, I, b- oh, wow. I, p- I pounded the skins. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, uh, keyboards. You play? Wait, I'm sorry. Keyboards? Yeah, I play keyboards. I mean, besides the piano, you you. Yeah, you, if you I, plug the piano in, I can still <laughs> play the piano. <laughs> okay. So uh, records show that. So you're studying music in your hometown of Bonn. Yeah, uh, and you travel to Vienna at a young age to study with Mozart, but there's no record of you. actually... Oh yeah, I do remember you, him now. Yes, yeah. There's no record of you actually meeting up with them. So I want to know: Did you and Mozart actually meet up, and what was your relationship when you guys actually? Yeah, met up we met up. The reason no record uh, survives is uh, the records were destroyed. You destroyed the records? Yes, because we uh, we broke the law. Whoa! Yeah, so yeah. you and Mozart got together to study music, and you ended up breaking the law together. Yeah, we spent a year just like off the grid. As uh, <laughs> soldiers of fortune in the, the Vienna underground. Really? Yeah. If you've seen like uh, like the A team. Okay. Oh yeah. But just imagine there are, are two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So he was like he was like Hannibal. Oh wow. Uh, and I was like uh, uh, Murdoch. You were mm. okay. So you. I would watch that show. So this is just the two of you, two composers. You know, uh, being hired to help people like as mercenaries around Vienna in yeah. the 18th century. Yeah, we were being hunted down by the cops the whole time. And you're being hunted by the cops. Yeah, finally, uh, you know, there was one last big, big case. We <laughs> saved the day. Okay. The cops say we will look the other way on this, but uh, all record of your meeting must be destroyed. Wow. And mm. then, you know, I rolled up my sleeves and it was back to music. <laughs> Can you tell us one thing that you guys did together as this roving band of vigilantes whose name, because you're both composers, is, I would say maybe it would be cute to call you guys like the, the A-sharp team or something. Oh, is that, that, oh, that, is is a, that pretty cute? A very, that, uh, yes, a reference to a show that had not <laughs> happened yet. <laughs> But, like, it's like the A-team, but you say A-sharp, and then it's music now. You know? Wouldn't you know? That was our name, yes. We went by the A-sharp team. Nobody knew the reference we were That's making. A, well, obviously, uh, nobody would. I ran into a similar problem. Oh, I once yeah? formed a prey team. Uh, uh, people uh, did not get it. <laughs> Again, it was, it was like, long instead, before instead the Instead of the A-team, they called it the prey team. Gary Falwell did. Yeah. That Ye- makes sense. Years later, you know? the show happened, and people and then, finally understood what we were so doing. So people in both of your circles, mm-hmm. in both Beethoven's inner circle and Jerry Falwell's inner circle, they're like, oh, that, oh, mm-hmm. that makes sense. They got uh, it yeah. eventually, yeah. Gotcha. Anyway, so you're saying one of the one of the adventures that you and Mozart went on together. Oh, yeah, we uh, we stopped the Pope. You stopped Good the Pope. For you. We stopped him. <laughs> Dead in his tracks. <laughs> what do you mean? Was he, what is he trying to do? Uh, he was he was uh, sneaking around Vienna, <laughs> uh, s- throwing communion wafers at people. Okay. Well, I mean, was he? Gi- it was giving typical papist plot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the the reason we stopped him is he said these are this is the real body of Christ. 
And we okay. said they are but wafers, and okay. so we had to, we stopped it. You we did not in. believe in transubstantiation, and so you nobody decided. does, little Catholic boy. <laughs> some people, some people believe in transubstantiation. Well, he was hurting people with the wafers. Oh, they actually hurting people. But that maybe. was no, no, never mind to us. It was just that he was insisting it was the body of Christ. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. what bothered you. It wasn't the fact that they was hurting the people that he was hitting with the the wafers. No, no, Bravo. we are mm. two amoral men. <laughs> Okay. I say that is the most moral thing a poison can do. So you stop the Pope from throwing the body of Christ at people and and saying that it's the body of Christ. Yeah, we did not stop the throwing. Uh, <laughs> we, we simply... so he just kept on throwing it, but you t- got him to stop saying that it was the body of Christ when he was throwing it. He didn't stop believing it, but he stopped saying it every okay. time. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. man. You guys are really splitting some hairs there, but I'd love to go back to Mr. Falwell here oh, for yeah. a moment. Uh, so you graduated from uh, Baptist Bible College mm-hmm. in Springfield, Missouri, uh, which Wikipedia describes as an uncredited mm. institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, what made you decide to go there to study the Bible to and to a, a school that had no accreditation? Well, back then, almost nobody had accreditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, it was kind of the Wild West in terms of education. Well, I mean, so. this was the 1950s, uh-huh. right? So, I mean, uh-huh. there were plenty of places to be accredited, mm, right? You'd be surprised. You'd really? Be surprised, yeah. Uh, like Harvard, they didn't have accreditation. Uh, I think Harvard, Harvard, I, I yeah, think no, Harvard had an accreditation. Mm-mm. I mean, I don't have Nobody any... did. It was the 1950s. <laughs> okay, uh, you would just kind of show up uh, and you'd pay whatever money they wanted. Okay. Uh, take a bunch of courses and uh, that was it. Okay. And then you'd either walk out with a diploma or not. All right. Now, uh, I, I was attracted to this particular school in Missouri Uh uh, for a simple reason, uh, and that is uh, it happened to uh, uh, be uh, close to my house via train. <laughs> uh, just one, it was like uh, one train ride mm-hmm. straight to Missouri. And I said, Well, that's obviously uh, God has intended me to go to this uh-huh. specific Bible uh-huh. school. All right. I mean, did anything tip you off at the time? Like, uh, like when I think of it, an unaccredited school, mm-hmm. like I think that I would be able to walk in and be like, "Think it seems a little shady in here." You know, mm-hmm. did it feel like a normal college to you? Did the, uh, the experience to you feel like you know I'm I'm getting as good of a an education as if I went into an accredited Bible uh-huh. college? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was uh, you know, uh, there was no building. Uh, it it was uh, <laughs> it was in a, a what do you call it? A, a cops. Uh, a, a, a cop? C-O-P-S-E, uh, like a small clearing in the middle of the woods. A small... <laughs> um, I didn't even know that, that was a word. I, I'm pretty... Uh, we can look it up later. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm using it correctly. <laughs> okay, so uh, a small clearing in the middle of the woods. Uh-huh. And uh, there was only one professor uh, okay. and several assistant professors who were mostly uh, woodland creatures. <laughs> uh, they didn't actually teach us anything, but they mm-hmm. were. they had little hats. So, so that that would—that's how you knew who was a teacher and who wasn't a teacher. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. if you're just talking to like a regular old bear, uh-huh. you know, yeah, you know, well, he's just a bear. Did that know. happen a lot? Did people accidentally like be getting lessons from a bear or something, and then mm-hmm. people were like, oh, he didn't have the hat on? Yep. I'm, I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sort of uh, thing. I I spent uh, seven hours once being lectured on the Gospels by an owl who turned out just to be a normal owl. <laughs> Oh wow! Did you have to then think back, like, oh well, then everything you just told me, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't trust uh, that information. Yeah, it turns out though, that owl uh, was more right than he was wrong. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So then, the information that you got from the owl about the Bible and mm-hmm. about religion was then uh, backed up by one of your actual professors. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, wow, interesting. Yeah. 
Either that or it was the same owl with a different hat on. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, I have to ask you this, though. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you... Uh, uh, you know, you leave the Bible college. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 22 years old, you found your first church, mm-hmm. which grows from 35 members to being a mega church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and did you have a plan for growing your audience into this mega church, or was it just something that happened like organically? Uh, that was just uh, the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Just the grace of God. Uh, clearly, uh, people, re- uh, you know. Heard the message that I was putting out there. It resonated. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, hey, uh, like like I said earlier, both Beethoven and I, are, we 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 see you as a very eloquent storyteller. So I can imagine it wasn't be it wouldn't be difficult to attract like more flock and want to see mm-hmm. the way that you yeah, deliver Yeah, just leave the material. doors open and people mm-hmm. just come on in. Interesting. And I mean, like we, we spoke a little bit about your religion, uh, Beethoven. Lutheran. Lutheran, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, did you ever in, you know encounter somebody that was like charismatic in the same way that Mr. Falwell is? No, the Lutherans are a, uh, a dull, boring <laughs> people. Uh, mm-hmm. We have huge membership and attendance issues. Mm. Oh, n- nobody wants to go because it's so boring. It's mostly we just, it's just the 99 thing again. We just, you know, church is just us saying, here's what's wrong with Catholicism. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here's some stuff. Here, some notes. Okay. You know, if you're interested, here's, yeah. you know. I would love to hear like more of the um the, the, the link ups between being a Lutheran in 18th century German and what you would call being a good Southern Baptist. Uh, uh, Jerry it sounds Falwell. pretty similar. Uh, but we uh, we do have to take a nope. short break. Uh, so we will be right back with Ludwig von Beethoven and Jerry Falwell. Oh, Stay with us. Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or on whatever app it is that you're using to listen to this show. Uh, If you're so inclined, rate us five stars. Leave a comment. You could tell us how much you love us or hate us. I love constructive criticism. Uh, That stuff helps us out a ton. Tell your friends about us. Get your friends to listen to Famous Dead People. I would really appreciate that. And uh, hit us up at FamousDeadPeopleShow at gmail.com if you want to shout some criticism into my electronic face or if you want to hear a specific Famous Dead person on this show. I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear that you're listening. I want some feedback, damn it. Uh, so yeah, lastly, if you really like the show and you want to send us some money to help keep us on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash FamousDeadPeople and click on the Support This Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are megachurch founder Jerry Falwell and famously deaf 18th century German composer Ludwig von Beethoven. Uh, so we were just talking before the break about the the similarities between being a Lutheran uh, in 18th century Germany and uh, being a Southern Baptist preacher in the 1960s. Um, are there things that you would say uh, wouldn't jive with your religion, Jerry Falwell, based on the way that Beethoven is describing his religion? Uh, it sounds pretty much like what we teach. Uh, Southern Baptism is also founded on rejecting the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do spend a lot of time just listing things that they got wrong. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you have the 99 CCCs? <laughs> uh, no, we... Uh, 
we don't any longer, no. Uh, they're not, uh, you know, like, uh, for example, the practice of simony doesn't really exist in the United simony. States. Simony. Mm. Simony. You're, you're familiar with simony, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, refresh my, <laughs> the, the listener's mind. Well, you know, uh, I, I would never uh, want to step in front of the experts mm. on this. So, Mr. Falwell, please. Yeah, well, a possum once told me uh, at simony... <laughs> Is uh, the Sorry, this is a possum that was teaching? Uh, it was a, he had a hat on, ba- so it was ba- a, it was a Baptist fish. Bible College, mm-hmm. which was in this cops mm-hmm. in the woods in Missouri. Yep. I got you. All right. Yeah. Uh, now this possum told me uh, simony is the practice of uh, being able to buy, for example, bishoprics. Yes, that's right. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, which uh, we don't really have in the United States of America. Well, I mean, what what you uh, – I, I don't want to say you pioneered this, but one of the things that, um, you know, being a televangelist mm-hmm. and being a me- megachurch uh, pastor entailed was uh, uh, soliciting donations from people. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the material that you and similar preachers would put out would say that, you know, if you give – Certain amount of money, you mm-hmm. will get blessings from mm-hmm. God in return. Yeah, uh, that's that's very similar to simony, wouldn't you say? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> well, what's uh, oh, what's uh, the difference there, Mister Falwell? Listen to this little Catholic boy. <laughs> oh goodness! Now, uh, you I believe you're referring to uh, indulgences. Yes, the practice mm. of uh, buying your way into heaven. Yeah. Now, I never said you could buy your way into heaven. I just said you could buy your way into getting extra blessings from the Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like a real thin hair. Again, Is it? Again, just... Is our... it? I think it's a big old thick hair. All right. So, uh, going back to you, Mr. Beethoven. Yeah. Uh, so, you unfortunately have to leave Vienna... Uh, shortly after uh, you arrive, I mean, I know that you you had this uh, A sharp uh, vigilante team with Mozart. Yeah, the, the uh, last year for for a little bit. Um, but your younger, uh, you had to take care of your younger brothers because your mother passes away, and so you live with your brothers uh, oh, in yeah. Bonn again for five years. What was that time like for you? You're in Bonn for five years. You can't, you know, go back to Vienna where like the scene is and everybody that you would be learning from and playing with. Are you are you still composing in Bonn? Are you performing? Like, what's that? What's that time like? Yeah, I'm I'm kicking around. It's okay. uh, all the all the stuff is in Vienna. You know, like all mm. the guys are there. All all my friends. You got Mozart there. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, you've got uh, uh, Vivaldi. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, Vivaldi? Leonardo da Vinci. Mm, I mean, that's mm. I'm pretty sure that's not true. I but... mean, he might not be like the one you're thinking of. <laughs> But there, there, there's a guy there so named you, Leonardo da Vinci. You had a friend named Leonardo da Vinci who was living in Vienna uh, in during the 18th century. Yeah, he was yeah. my uh, my MDMA hookup. <laughs> that is just that is an explosive claim. Uh, yeah, so 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 you didn't have that kind of connection. So what were you doing in Bond for those five years? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, taking care of my my brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sh- helping them along. They they <laughs> okay. were younger than me. Some were older, but needed the help. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one of them uh, disappeared. He just disappeared? He just went missing. Okay, you had to go find him? I mean, I tried. He just went, he was gone. Mm. So I, you unsuccessful in trying to locate one of your lost brothers. I'd say if you look at the ratio of like brothers helped to brothers <laughs> missing, I did pretty good. Um, look, nobody here is trying to say that you didn't do an mm. admirable job taking care of your family. I mean, g- going through your Wikipedia, it really seems like you had a strong sense of family. Like, you know, you're really concerned about your brother's child when your brother passed away. Oh, and, yeah. You know, like you had a big custody battle there. Like, 
you know, you you had. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Family court is the the bane of existence. The ba- mm. You say family court is the bane of existence. There is nothing in this world I hate more than family court. Really? Every father who has been through family court is a hero. Oh wow! Every is... single one. Yeah, no, I had no idea that you felt that. That's oh yeah, r- but... right or wrong. <laughs> the, those men are heroes. Okay, um, so yeah, I mean, besides taking care of your family, were you composing? Were you playing? Or were you like, that's my life in Vienna? I, I put it aside. I, I had a poster up on the wall of okay. uh, like a, a Vienna guy, just like a cool looking <laughs> guy. A Vienna from, guy? Yeah, it's a, the, like a generic Vienna man. <laughs> yeah, just like a, a cool guy. Can you, a, can you talk us through this description? Like, what was he wearing? What did he look oh, like? Oh, yeah, he had uh, all the latest uh, uh, la, la, the, uh, the Vienna clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> A tiny little Vienna hat. Very specific. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A little... Uh, he had his... His, uh, uh, his facial hair was trimmed in the Vienna in style. In the Vienna way. Okay. Yeah. The, all, all the latest fashions of the day. And uh, the poster said, uh, uh, it's all happening in Vienna. <laughs> and uh, I would look at that poster from time to time, and I would remember. Mm-hmm. And I'd mm-hmm. think, uh, I got to go back. It really didn't seem like you were doing anything except for pining to go back to Vienna. Yeah. I mean, I would look at the poster. I would mm-hmm. take it out on my brothers. Mm-hmm. Would, what do you mean uh, you would take it out on your brothers? Oh, I was just a, I was a real jerk to them. Oh, gotcha. You take the aggression them. out on them. I would say mm-hmm. stuff to them like, you don't get it. You haven't been to Vienna. Like, mm-hmm. In Vienna, nobody needs me to take care of them. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, it's all happening in Vienna. <laughs> I would just quote the poster <laughs> at them. Okay, that's fair. I mean, it's, it, uh, I think that's a, that's a real shame that you didn't, you know, you weren't able to to live a life that you could enjoy in Bonn while you're taking care of your children. You know, I don't think it's healthy necessarily to put your life on pause like that. I mean, what, how would you feel, Jerry Falwell, if, you know, you had to stop being a preacher for five years oh, and go, you know, I know I know that you were very comfortable in small towns because mm-hmm. of, you know, where you grew up. But let's say, you know, for this analogy that you then had to go live in, like, New York, you know, oh, like you had to go live good, in New York City and not be a preacher gracious. for a little while. You know, would you just keep a poster of, like, your mega church in your room and say, you know, like, this is where the holy is or something? My, well, you know, I, I did go to New York once. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was when the Pope was coming. Oh, uh, so, well, can you tell us what year that was? Or, oh, this uh, was 1971. 1971, mm-hmm. Jerry Falwell. Going to Yankee Stadium. Gotcha. He was throwing communion wafers to everybody. <laughs> oh, my God, uh-oh, this uh-oh. is almost exactly what uh, mm-hmm. a This is a classic Pope from. tactic. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. That's how he gets you. He throws a <laughs> communion wafer at you, and then you are a Catholic. Oh, if it hits you, then you become a Catholic? Yep. Oh, my God. I had no idea. Insidious. Oh, wow. Insidious. No, yeah. Roman paper strips. So, yeah, the... Uh, so, the, the Pope was going to be in New York City. Okay. Uh, Yankee Stadium throwing communion wafers at everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was up to me and Billy Graham uh, to stop him. Okay. And it was, uh, you know, we did. We stopped him. Uh, by, uh, we just, we, we, we built a small partition around him so that when he mm. threw his communion wafers, uh, they only went as far as that partition. Oh, and so you so- just kept everybody away from his throwing mm-hmm. distance. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I mean, you know, he's the Pope. He probably doesn't have that good of an arm. And also, you know, communion wafers are, are very light, so it's hard to get, like, you know, mm-hmm. they really hit the wind resistance. Yeah. You know, you yeah, really good can't... news is uh, he's evil, but he's an old man in a dress, so he can't do too much. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, also, it sounds like if he was in the middle of the field and the people were in the stands, 
It would have been tough to land the yeah. communion wave on He didn't on think anyone. it through. Didn't think it through. Oh, praise the Lord. He didn't think it through. All right. So. Uh, but uh, long story short, I hated New York City. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was a terrible place. And if I ever had to live there, why well, I would be very sad. Mm. I mean, would you find the strength to, to not do what Beethoven did, to actually do some of your work to do mm. some of your preaching in New York or would you just mm. uh, make go my on way hold? down into the West Village and try and uh, uh, preach to the damned yeah kind of thing? maybe I would try okay I would try you know I gotta say this I didn't I walked in this interview not thinking that I would be praising Jerry Falwell but you know I think that shows incredible strength of character like mm-hmm. Beethoven just basically gave up it's like he was in okay, a well, it's um, like he was frozen uh, okay, uh, in like one of those pods from the movie Passengers you know just like letting his life go by without doing anything you oh, know oh, Okay, no, sure. I mean, I'm taking care of my family, but no, no, it's a weakness of character. You can take care of your family and also explore your art. Or, you know, I was in and out of family court every other day. There's no time for music. All right, that's fair. So, going back to you, Mercer Falwell. Mm -hmm. So, like I said earlier, I, you know, uh, I, I, I I do have a little bit of a prejudice against you. Just going over mm-hmm. your biography, it really seems like your life is just one big checklist of being on the wrong side of history. Like it, uh, uh, it is okay. remarkable. <laughs> all like, right, let, let's hear some of the ways I'm wrong. All right, so in the 1960s, you spoke out against the civil rights movement uh-huh. and desegregation uh-huh. and started your own whites-only school mm-hmm. called the Lynchburg Christian Academy. Is uh, that right? Yeah, yeah. All right, and so you don't see how that is... No. Going against the tide of history. Uh, <laughs> no. What you you don't see the problem between being a segregationist institution? Yeah, no. Uh, when God draws a line between nations, mm-hmm. uh, it is not up to us to question it. We just simply must accept it. If anything, I am on the right side. What do you mean when God when God draws a line between the mm-hmm. nations? What are you With, talking I'm about? talking about skin color. Hmm? That's I mean that is uh, not something that God mm-hmm. did. He didn't uh, say. You then know, who did it? Then who did it, you pope? (laughs) I would say that it had to do with, like, you know, where people lived and, you know, how much sunlight they were exposed to. I mean, but that's just... Mm, That's just nonsense. (laughs) So you don't believe, you still, to this day, don't believe that the races should be, you know, uh, communicating and living with each other and marrying and having children together. No! Wow. No! Wow, that is is jaw-droppingly ignorant, I think. Okay, well, I think you're dumb. (laughs) Uh, Again, that's not a very Christian thing to say. uh, Now, if you see your brother Mm -hmm. walking down a path, and at the end of that path, there's nothing but hellfire. Okay. Are you a sinner for pointing out, hey, there's hellfire at the end of that path? Y'all be careful now. No, what I would do is I would be like, oh, you know, there's hellfire over there. Maybe it would be better for you to come over here. But then if Mm -hmm. he was like, no, I like it over here, then I'd be like, okay, well, you know, that's your right. You know, you can do what you want to do. Well, uh... That's where you and I differ. <laughs> I think that is one of the many ways in which you and I differ. But um, let's let's go back to talking to um, uh, Mr. Beethoven for a second. Yeah. So you go back to Vienna when you are 22 years old, uh, and you eventually develop a reputation for your piano work. I read that you, in particular, would go to the salons of the nobility and improvise on the piano. Does that sound... Yeah, I'd just get true. in there and, like, mix it up and, like, mess around a little while everyone was getting their hair cut. Uh, oh, so you're, you're... I thought salons was, like, you know, um, you know, the 18th century version of salons, meaning just, like, you know, like a coffee shop. What we think is a coffee shop. Oh! You know, but you're saying that in salons people would actually get their, their hair did? Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's a strange uh, translation error. No, it <laughs> just means the same thing both places. It means the exact same thing that we think of as a salon now. Yeah. 
where Zeved you would, has not shifted in get your context. hair did, get your nails did. Yeah, the kings would come in and they would say, uh, you know, give me a, you know, a high and tight. <laughs> I'd mess around. They had pianos mm-hmm. in there and I'd get in there and I'd just mm-hmm. sort of bang around until uh, a king would stand up and say, who the hell is this guy? Okay. And mm-hmm. was it was it like a good, who the hell is this guy? Well, I don't know. I would just turn around and say, the name's Beethoven. And don't you forget that, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Oh my God! I mean, that, I mean, how how what was the reaction from the from the nobility for you to say this? They didn't like it. They don't like to be spoken to in su- mm. such a fashion. But it seems like that was something that you did a lot. I, I imagine that if you kept on telling nobility to go, you know, whatever, you, you know, I'm Beethoven, go fuck yourself or whatever. Yeah. That they would not have let you come back to the salon and play more music. I was doing a good job on the <laughs> piano. They love to. You you can be a certain amount of a bad guy if you are good at music. I think history teaches us that over and over that again. That is a hundred percent accurate. Mm-hmm. You know, look at any example. Of music mm-hmm. throughout the ages. Name all... any musician, and I will tell you why they are a bad guy. Wait, so so you're saying that every musician's oh, a bad guy? Every single one in some. Oh wow! Capacity. So like even the ones that we would consider to be good or or genteel or mm-hmm. or not not rock stars. You sing that? Yeah, na- yeah. If you 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 name a, a rock star, I will tell you why they are. All bad. right, let's see. Uh, um, John Denver. Okay, John Denver. Uh, one time, uh, uh, to me personally, tried to hold my head. Uh, I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry. You're saying that John Denver. To you personally, you guys are you're, you know separated by over a hundred years. Oh, you oh modern John Denver. Yes. <laughs> okay, so there was a John Denver in Vienna who personally held my head under a bucket of, of wine. Oh wow! I, he tried to drown me in wine. And that guy was a musician, also. Mm. Yeah, he was a musician. Oh wow! Just like our John Denver. That's really mm. crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I assume your John Denver did similar <laughs> things. I mean, we I guess we'll never know. John Lennon. Uh, okay. Also a Viennese musician. I, you know, you you're saying that you say. I believed when you when you started this that we were going to be talking about any musician in history, but it really feels like you're focusing on the musicians that you knew in Vienna. And oh, the- yeah, I just knew a few guys. <laughs> I, I, I could tell you all about those guys. All right, well, for those of you just joining us today, we're listening to uh, Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests in the studio are 18th-century German composer Ludwig von Beethoven and televangelist and megachurch pastor Jerry Falwell. Uh, so, you know, going back to you, Ugh, Jerry Falwell, mm. good lord. All right, you were an outspoken critic of homosexuality mm. in your life. You called Ellen DeGeneres, Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> that was a good joke. No, it's just... <laughs> oh, that was, this is that really, was funny. Really difficult not to just... Ugh. Anyways, all right, you said that AIDS was God's punishment for mm-hmm. homosexuals. You said, mm-hmm. and I quote, gay folks would just as soon kill you as look at you, mm-hmm. which is maybe the most insane thing that I've ever heard of uh, in my entire I'm life. I'm sorry, uh, you have met a homosexual. I have met plenty of homosexuals in mm-hmm. my life. And then congratulations on being alive. They, they're you in... must be a judo master they're, or something. No. <laughs> they are a dangerous, <laughs> dangerous group. Now, I have literally never been attacked by a single mm. homosexual in my entire uh, life. But your psyche has been attacked by their sensualism. Oh, you think that you think that by being around gay people, I have been attacked by the aura of being mm-hmm. gay, and that I have been through the skin of my teeth just managing to fight it off with my own straightness? Is that what you're implying? Apparently, yes. Congratulations <laughs> on your virility. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, gay people, uh, all they want to do is have the most fun possible. All right. right. That mean, doesn't I, sound so bad. Yeah, no, it's bad. Beethoven and I both think that that's not that big of a deal. Uh, I love to play and have fun, personally. Yeah, yeah well, uh, if you do that all the time, you have no time for what matters. 
like mm. uh, uh, the Bible ever heard of it? I mean, well, there are plenty of uh, homosexuals who have religious faith, you know? <laughs> <laughs> name one. Uh, I, just because I can't name mm, one. I mean, really? are, you know, you know, I think, uh, is it, I think Dan Savage is religious. Uh, I, he's I, a Catholic. I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah he's Dan a, Savage, he's a religious. Yeah, he's a Catholic. Oh, if he's a Catholic, I reject him, sorry. <laughs> That don't I count. I'm both with you on that. That don't count, baby. So, so Beethoven, you were fine with him being gay, but you were had a problem with him being a Catholic. Yeah, I have no famous opinions on homosexuality. <laughs> I, uh, uh. Oh no, that, I mean that is that is true. I um, think I do. I, I have some race stuff. Some race stuff. I mean, not not as far as what I saw on the Wikipedia. But, yeah, you know, I kept that stuff private. But, I mean, you but, can tell us about it if you like. If it's all like. rough. You're not gonna want. <laughs> It's gonna be a bummer to hear. <laughs> okay, so we'll just leave it. We'll just leave it as Beethoven has some very quote rough opinions about race that we really don't want to hear. Um, but so let's uh, uh, talk about your famous hearing loss, uh, Beethoven. Yeah. Because so according to Wikipedia, it all starts. You're back in Vienna. You're 31 years old, and you you go into a rage because someone has interrupted your work. Yeah. Uh, and then you you have this fit. You fall over, and when you get up, you can't hear anything. Is that accurate uh, description of how you first started having your hearing loss. Yeah, they left out uh, a very important detail okay. to that. So I was practicing piano, mm-hmm. as I love to do. Mm-hmm. and uh, Or so, as I said, I hate to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing my least favorite thing, which is practicing mm-hmm. piano. But I love to be a Vienna guy. So I was yeah, doing... Oh, so oh, I understand. So you're in Vienna. You're doing your Vienna things. And if wearing I, if... all the Vienna fashions, as you uh, Yeah, I had about. my facial hair in the... The, the Vienna way. Yeah, the Vienna okay. way. Uh, and a, a tiny little man. I made a, a I made a wish, and a tiny little man showed up. Whoa! I'm sorry. So you were playing piano in mm. Vienna. You made a wish, and a tiny man showed up. Yeah, a little green guy. Hallelujah! Like, like a like a cricket, like Jiminy Cricket. A little like Jiminy Cricket. Oh, yeah. like who was the little uh, one of the uh, Flintstones? Uh, uh, closer oh, to that one. Yeah, yeah that's more the, like, the zoo. The Great Kazoo. The Great Kazoo. Uh, the, the Great Kazoo. Ah, was... So the Great Kazoo shows up to in 18th century Vienna. Well, as you remember, he was there in Stone Ages, so he tra- <laughs> he, <laughs> he can be anywhere he, he wants. He exists anytime. outside of time. Okay, all right. So you so he shows up, and what was your wish that you made that that he that he showed up for? I said uh, I hate playing piano. Mm-hmm. I hate it so much. I wish I never had to hear another note again. Mm-hmm. And he showed up and he said, oh, I can grant you that wish, but maybe there will be an ironic consequence. And I said, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, are you talking about me going deaf? Fine, whatever. I don't care. Okay. And, uh, and then took, it happened? He took my hearing from me. Wow. So so was the story about you getting angry and falling over true at all? Or did that just happen after the wish thing happened? Oh, uh, yeah. I saw a child having fun. and it, <laughs> Oh, it set me into a rage. Oh, man, yeah. I, I, I can't help but think that some of the things that happened to you when you were a child really scarred you and affected the way that yeah. you lived. I felt yeah. I got mad. I felt my bottom got stuck in a barrel. and I, I I'm sorry, your bottom got stuck in a barrel? Yeah, my bottom got stuck in a barrel, and okay. the kid laughed at me. That made me angry. <laughs> so I ran and ran, and then my, fin- my, my feet got caught in mouse traps, and I got even angrier. <laughs> and the kid started, oh, he started laughing. And so I chased him, and then there were, oh, that mouse was... Rather dangerous. So I'm, try- my- I'm trying to get a timeline here. So you make this wish to the great Gazoo. He turns you deaf. You see a child having fun. You get angry. You fall over with your butt into a barrel. Yeah. Ludwig van Beethoven. Yeah. Uh, and then you start running around and you're getting your feet caught in mouse traps. And also you're chasing a mouse at the same time. Well, no, I just I have through context. I know that mouse is nearby because of the mouse trap. <laughs> well, obviously. You and then, 
yeah. put down mousetraps as there were in mice. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I put my I put my hands down, and then there are more mousetraps, and so there are mousetraps uh, on my hands and mm-hmm. my feet, and I, sounds, I'm running and running, too, yeah. and then a, uh, I see a barrel, and I think, oh, who is it? And it's dressed like a, a lovely lady. I think it's a lovely lady, but there she has one hair that is on fire, and it is burning down. And I give, go to this give her a kiss. Turning, it's starting to sound very much like uh, uh, a Looney Tunes episode, you know? Like, it's almost Oh, like... yeah. I can see how you would <laughs> think that, but this is real and happened to me. Anyway, well, she maybe, exploded. Maybe we, maybe we should move on. Okay. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, going back to you, Mr. Falwell, I think we have time for one more question each. Um, uh, so, Mr. Falwell, you, through, throughout your life, you had to walk back a number of comments that you made in your mm, life. Uh, yeah. For example, you, uh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about this, you tried to make peace with the gay community towards the end of your life mm-hmm. uh, by walking back some of your earlier comments. Yeah. Uh, you said that 9-11 happened because of the secularization of America mm-hmm. and that it was deserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had to walk back yeah. the anti-Clinton documentary that you yeah. funded. You had to walk back uh, you know, your, your comments condemning dancing and going to the movies. Mm-hmm. I got to say, if I had to walk back as many comments in my life as you mm-hmm. did then I would start to not be confident about the things that I was about to say. Did you ever have a similar instinct to develop where you're thinking, you know, so many things I've said I've had to walk back. Maybe I should think twice before I say this next thing. Are you familiar with the concept of continuous divine revelation? Continuous divine revelation? No. Uh, it means if you have a line to God okay. and you get to pray to God and commune with God frequently. Now, sometimes God changes his mind on things. Mm-hmm. So when I have to go Wait, on I'm, the television. I'm sorry, I just want to pause you for a second. God sometimes, the divine infallible God changes his mind about things? Yeah, sometimes. sometimes. That's his prerogative. I don't question Seems it. Seems very un... I mean, if you're infallible, you wouldn't need to change your mind about something, right, uh, Beethoven? Duh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, come on, <laughs> Beethoven. You've been on my side for so much of this. <laughs> nah. All right. Well, uh, listen, I, I do not question. Mm-hmm. Well, and if it, if it sometimes I have to go on the TV and say that maybe God wanted me to say something different, Mm-hmm. Well, that's just because that's what he told me. So you're saying that God, the reason why you walked back comments is not because you thought they were wrong. It's because God told you to walk back those comments mm-hmm. later. That is real, a real stretch, Mr. Falwell. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm trying to be as objective as humanly possible, but I find it hard to have any kind of, I don't know, open-mindedness towards these things that you're saying. They just seem so wrong, especially mm-hmm. in our 20th century vision. You know, do you think that if you were alive today... Like you would have similarly, uh, I want to say like antiquated or uh, you know uh, just you know uh, not non woke things to say. Is it antiquated to say that if you go to the movies and enjoy dancing that you're gonna boing forever? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I think it is. So let's. Uh, well, then call me antiquated. <laughs> so I have one question left for uh, Mr. Beethoven. Nah. Uh, so I want to ask you about your romantic life. We'll finish on your romantic life ah, because yeah. so you had. Uh, a couple of infamous sort of like romantic, uh, um, you know, expressions throughout your life. Yeah. Lifetime, you wrote the song Fury Lease, which is supposedly for a woman named uh, Teresa Malfatti, but there's no there's no confirmation on that. You write this incredible love poem called Immortal Beloved to somebody who no, nobody knows who that is uh-huh. towards. But what we do know is that you used to fall in love with noble women, but be- they couldn't marry you because you were a commoner. Right. Can you clear any of this up for us? Who was Fear Release for? Who was Immortal Beloved for? Was it another noble woman? Are these things accurate? Yeah. Uh, every All of the rumors are true, baby. Oh. <laughs> 
Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. T-S- Everything T-S- you T-S- think of me is is, is true. Accurate. So just and you, there's more. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hit us with it. Tell us. Um. I uh, so all of all of the queens and stuff that I I fell in love with and okay. they would fall in love with me. Uh. It actually we uh we had we had kids. You had kids. Yeah. A lot of the princes and princesses. Women. They're all all Beethoven. So you were not allowed to marry any of these noble women, but you still managed to seduce and conceive children with them. Everybody knew what was up. It was a uh, it was a, a hot wife situation. If you are, I'm sorry, a hot life situation. No, hot wife situation. If you're on the internet, uh, hot wife. The cuckolding community. Right. Okay. So you're saying that the royalty, the male royalty at the time, they really liked it when commoners like yourself. Like Beethoven. Let me tell you, Whoa. I was like moderately into it. The the noble men were into it. <laughs> all they all they loved it. They just loved mm. they just loved having a commoner like Beethoven just hooking up with their wives, uh just making them feel like a cuckold. Yeah, and I must say of all the, the different communities that I've been a part of in my mm. life, the cuckold community was definitely the the warmest and most opening. <laughs> Shameful. No, it is good oh, stuff. You're really seeing some divi- a divide finally mm. finally appear between I, Beethoven and I thought and you and I saw Jerry eye to eye Beethoven. <laughs> no, there's nothing in the there's nothing in the Bible that doesn't that says specifically you cannot engage Jerry in Jerry Falwell. Life. Jerry Falwell is uh, Leviticus <laughs> two twelve. I believe there is. I mean, like I I know a little bit about the Bible, and I think that uh, wife swapping is one of the things that is definitely looked down upon in the Bible. Okay, well, there's also a dragon in there, so everyone chill out. <laughs> I think that that's um, probably the most truthful thing that's been said on this episode. There's a dragon in the Bible, so everybody should just chill out. So that is all the time that we that we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I'd like to thank my guests Jerry Falwell mm-hmm. and uh, Ludwig von Beethoven. Joining us in the studio today. That that was incredible. Was that uh, one of yours? Was yeah. that one of your symphonies? Yeah, as uh, uh, from the the Good Night song from the Sound of Music. <laughs> oh, I had no idea that you had uh, input on that. I do have one final question I'd like to ask my guests. It's a little bit weird, I know, but it's I, do either of you have any I don't know any Twitter accounts or comedy shows you want to tell people about, uh, Mister Mister Beethoven? Anything you want to uh, tell people to go check out? Yeah, I mean it's not mine personally, but mm. if if you want to check out at uh, Branson Reese okay. uh, on Twitter, at Branson Reese on Twitter. Yeah, you. Oh, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> I know my accent is ridiculous. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, if you want to check him out. All right, and uh, Jerry Falwell? Uh, there's a show at the Magnet on uh, 10 p.m. on Friday nights called Premier, uh, the Improvised Musical, uh, if you want to go boo at some gay people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's uh, every Friday at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Jerry Falwell says go boo at the gay people. Uh, if you have any questions you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We'll try to have them on as soon as we can. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. Famous dead people.